Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today as we take our walk through the strange Paradiso. Feels like I haven't been on in ages. Seems that the time between episodes is getting longer and longer. I um, don't have a break in my work week hardly anymore. So the only thing I can do is try to come on as much as I can, um, which doesn't amount to much because you can see the last time I came on and now what today is, it's been a while, okay? So I have a few things that I would like to share with you as we begin our walk, okay? So um, this story actually took place in Vermont. This couple were, um, they were looking for houses. So they were going to certain areas where houses were for sale, certain areas where there was new construction, and they were looking around. They didn't have a realtor accompany them every time. But at one point, they did go with a realtor who took them to a house. It had all the qualifications that they wanted in a house. The only thing is that the person who owned the house and was still living in it was, um, well, she was addicted to substances, okay? So the house was in a bit of disarray. The, um, the wife says that in the master bathroom, the the door, the shower door had been knocked out. So it was um, not all the way off, but it was like on hanging there, like on one hinge, because what happened was the owner of the house, who lived there alone, by the way, was um, altered at whatever time, and she fell through the shower door. That's why it was broken. So while the house was nice. The floor plan, everything is what they were looking for. They just couldn't do it for the, I mean, in the first place, there was just too much bad energy in there. Now that is what the wife said. Okay. She said the woman who was living in there was living in there alone. She was a wreck. She was just, um, really bad off. So there was just too much bad energy, she said, as well as um, there were just way too many things that they would have to fix. Not that, like, we're prepared to put in new flooring and things like this when we found the house, but this was just way over the top. This woman had been in there for quite a while um, in her addiction and uh, living alone. So they went ahead and continued looking, okay? But when they were in the house, apparently this woman, at some point, the, the owner of the house, had been a quite a traveler. So she had some unique items in cases, like in curio cabinets and things like this in the house. One of these items, she said it was like this little music box, because it had the little hand crank thing on the side of it. She said it looked kind of old-fashioned or vintage, 
and um, she just noticed it, and she really, really liked it. It had carvings on it. She said it was wooden, and it was very, very pretty. But anyhow, okay, they left the house, and um, they continued on their search and then went home for the evening. She says the next day when she woke up, that music box was in her house. Now, this is the wife, okay, who her and her husband had been looking around for houses. She said, that music box was in my house. I don't have anything like that. She said, I don't even have a music box. And not to mention, I've never seen a music box like that one. But somehow, it ended up in her house. While she was in that house, the one with the bad energy that she felt, she said she looked at that box, but she didn't pick it up. She didn't touch it. It was in the cabinet. She didn't mention anything to her husband either about that particular item. But when it ended up in her house, she said to her husband, I don't want to accuse you of anything, but did you bring this here? And he was like, from where? Bring it here from where? He's like, I've never seen that thing before. She said she had at that moment the feeling of dread. That, I mean, I I know what that feeling is, that dreadful feeling that you get sometimes. But um, she said immediately, I had this feeling of dread. How that thing somehow teleported or somehow got into her house. She said, because we were around all of that bad energy, that negativity, and she felt that perhaps something attached to her because she had been in that house. Even though she didn't touch anything, she didn't touch the items, she said, how else do you explain this thing ending up in the house? So, She got, she put on gloves, she got a bag, and she was going to get this thing and put it in a bag and just trash it. But when she tried to pick it up, she said she got like a jolt, like a shock, like this thing shocked her. Not only did it shock her, but it was to the point that when she took the glove off, a couple of her fingertips were bleeding. I mean, that is, um, that's, I mean, to say pretty bad, okay, is a real understatement, but my gosh. So immediately she was frightened enough that, that it put her in a panic. So what she did was she went to go get a broom and she put that bag near the edge of the counter where this thing was located. She got the broomstick And she just like shoved it into the bag with the broomstick, tied it up, and went to go and throw it in the trash. And that was the end of it. Now, these people, this happened while they were living in Vermont and they were looking for a place. And that happened so many years ago. But they do live in California now because their children and the rest of their family moved here. So she tells this story about this thing that happened to her. But that was it. There was nothing else. She said, 
I know that um, things happen and maybe we don't realize it. Maybe we don't notice unless they get, they become more and more aggressive or blatant. She said, but as far as anything happening that I noticed afterwards, she said, I never noticed anything. And once they came here, she said, we've been here for maybe about four years and I haven't noticed anything. So that is, um, that is a pretty bizarre story. How did that thing get there and why? So, okay. Yeah, I don't know what I've done, but anyways. Now, this is um, someone who is telling the story about when she was at the grocery store. And she said she stopped at a grocery store that she usually doesn't because it's on the way home from where she works. And she works about 30 miles away from home. She's like, so I usually wait until I get into the city where I live and then I'll go to the grocery store if I need to pick something up. But at this time, she went ahead and she stopped because she said, I pass by this every day. So I just stopped there quickly to pick something up on my way home. And um, so she's walking around there and this man, she said he was dressed kind of like, okay, she, he was dressed kind of like Chris Angel, okay? Like he was wearing one of these outfits that looked like he was getting ready to go out and entertain people or whatever. And it looked a little bit goth. The funny thing is she didn't see his face, even though he wasn't wearing a hat and his hair or anything like that was not obscuring his face. But she said it just seemed to be a little hazy. And the reason why she noticed all of this is because when he stepped in front of her and he said, excuse me, Linda. And she said, if his eyes would have been clearer and more defined, we would have made eye contact. He said his, she said his face was turned towards me, even though she said, it's like when you get something blurry in your eye, she said it was like that, just a little bit blurry. She couldn't make out any definite features. And she was immediately taken back because she was thinking, how does he know my name? I'm like 30 miles away from where I live. I've never seen this person in my life. And after that, because she still stood there kind of stunned, and as he got to the end of the aisle, he turned around and just kind of like gave her a, like when you move your head up, Instead of saying hi to someone, you move your head up, kind of like to acknowledge them. He did that to her. Now, she said she got her whatever she was going for. Then she was getting ready to go and check out. That guy was nowhere in the market. She said with a get up like that, like he was wearing, you couldn't miss him. But yet, he was not in the market. She said, it's not like I stood there for five minutes or anything like that. It's stunned after this, you know, after he said her name or anything like that. But it's like he just disappeared. He was nowhere. She just walked around there kind of like looking out of the corner of her eyes to see if she could see this person because there was something strange, something that she couldn't 
describe this feeling like, I don't know what just happened. Is this a real person? So she kind of like walked around looking for him. Never saw him. So, um, yeah, how did it know her name? I do say it because I personally don't feel that it was a real person. I don't know why it would have um, been there, like, to, like, you know, announce itself to her or to say her name or anything like that. Was it something that just is around that area and knows her name for some reason? But anyhow, she was, she was pretty uh, creeped out about that. All right, now this other one. Many of you may already know this, okay? Now, I'm not a celebrity watcher, so I did not know this. I just recently heard this. But uh, we have talked about the haunted museum that Zach Bagans has, I guess, in Las Vegas, okay? And uh, if any of you are familiar with the story about the Dybbuk box, okay? And this is a something that I believe I saw it on that TV show called A Haunting, like so many years ago. And um, the Dybbuk box, I guess, is a box where it's supposed to, um, I guess, trap certain types of entities or a certain type of spirit. And uh, there was this man, and he, he had an antique store. So he goes looking around from places to places looking for antiques to sell at his store. He sees this box. So he's just looking at this thing and he's thinking, this is a really nice piece to sell at my store. How much is this? And then whoever sells it to him, I guess sells it at a really good price. So he picks up this box and he takes it to his antique shop. Now, in the meantime, he's opening the doors of this box and um, I don't recall what it was that he found in the box. It's been a long time since I saw that episode. But there was something in that box that he found. And he just looked at it and thought, oh, okay, well, that's different or whatever. And so he put it back in the box. He closes the doors and all this stuff. And he has it down like in the basement of his antique shop because he's going to like have to make a space for it have to maybe dust it and all this stuff, get it ready for sale. He has a um, employee who's down there who I guess uh, catalogs these things and numbers them and so on. She's down there one night after he gets this box and experiences some very strange things going on and um, that basement down there becomes very active. So she comes out of there and she's like, oh, I don't want to go down there anymore. There's something wrong down there and so on. And so even the owner now, the guy who bought this Dibbit box, starts experiencing things. Well, he actually, I believe, took that box home. Things started happening at his house. I believe he gave that to his mother because it was such a beautiful piece. And something happened to his mother right away. She didn't die, but she had a uh, medical emergency 
and all of this other stuff started happening. So somehow someone told him what this box was and what it housed and he opened the door and now he let this thing out and so on. So he tries to get rid of this box the best he can. He tried to actually put it on like eBay or something like that, but he didn't hide the fact that this box was haunted. He didn't hide it. He put it all out there. Full disclosure. There were some uh, really young guys. I guess they were like college guys. They contacted him. They wanted to buy that box. He said, you know that this is haunted. You know that it may bring things into your life that you don't necessarily want to deal with. And they were like, no, 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 we're good. We want that box. So they go ahead they take possession of the box, and then things start happening to them. Things that they weren't ready for. So anyways, they contact the antique shop owner, and I believe he took it back. And he found out what to do with it, how to put it somewhere where it cannot harm anyone anymore, or what have you. Now, Fast forward to the present. I don't know if it's the same Dybbuk box that um, was portrayed and talked about on a haunting or if it's just another one. But it is in Zach Bagan's haunted dungeon, okay? So apparently, Post Malone went... To go and check out the museum. You know, he's in Vegas. He's going to go check out the museum. So he sees this box. And I guess for some reason, this thing is very, um, like it attracts a lot of attention for, for whatever reason. Maybe the, it's because of the look of it. It's really nice piece. It's different. It's uh, very attractive. So he touches this box, okay, and then he carries on with his tour of the haunted area. Well, come to find out, he actually started experiencing certain things. Now, I don't know the level that it ever got to, okay? And I don't know if, it's, if it was in his house that this was happening. When they say he started experiencing activity, I don't know exactly what it was that happened. All I know is that somehow they were able to put two and two together and figure out that it's because he touched that divot box. I'm not saying he opened any of the drawers or doors, whatever this thing has, but apparently all you have to do is touch it. So why in the world is it sitting right out there where anyone can touch it? Why isn't it in a locked case? Okay, so there's another thing that I want to tell you guys. Now, this is not my genre of music, okay? But I like 
Post Malone. I, I'm not saying that um, I, I mean, I don't know the guy, okay? But there's just something about this person. And I, I don't believe that he was there to make anything up or whatever the case may be. You might be able to look into this more and find out exactly what happened. But this was reported. And I cannot take credit for this because I actually read about this. Okay, so this is not like a story that somebody gave me. Obviously, because I don't know Posty, okay? It's not like we talk or anything like that. But this is what I read. I don't even know how long ago this happened. But it's just the thing that I was thinking was, if you know the history, okay? And if you have something like a haunted museum, dungeon, whatever you want to call it, you want to make sure that certain things aren't going to uh, be out there where anyone can touch them or it can do harm to someone or anything like that, where they, you know, can't go there and open the drawers or, or what have you. So that was my question. Well, why in the heck was it just right there in the plain area where anybody can just pick it up maybe pick the darn thing up and set it down and start opening the drawers and looking at it and saying ooh and ah I mean why just one of those things guys but um that's how I feel about it okay I would have uh kept it locked in like a glass cabinet or what have you You may say, well, maybe certain people who have these museums don't believe. They don't believe that uh, things can have attachments or that there is really any type of supernatural or spiritual negativity, entity, demonic things going on. Well, even that, even in that case, even if I really didn't believe and I thought it was a bunch of hoo-ha, I would still lock this stuff up. Because enough people do believe, enough people, okay, just by their belief, they go on to look at these things and view these things. So there's energy being directed at these things. And there is enough, okay, to create some sort of thing where we talk about that. Something will inhabit whatever that item is. So... Just for safety reasons, okay, I would have these things where people couldn't touch them. But that's just me. Okay, once again, I mean, if you haven't heard about this or and you're interested in it, I'm pretty sure that it'll be easy to find. I don't uh, recall what site I was on when I read about this. But I I know it'll probably be really easy. I was just like, huh, wow. Okay, well, the next one now, I don't want to say the name of this person, but it is a pop singer, okay, a female. And um, you may already know about this as well. I No, I didn't hear about this one. I think it was another pop singer. But anyways, this particular woman goes to what's a well-known haunted cemetery. Now, in the first place, guys, okay, 
I can only speak for myself, but I'm not going there. If it's a haunted cemetery, whatever, no. I'm not going in there and walking around. I may like pass by it and stay like out on the sidewalk, but why do you want to go in there if so many people have had experiences and come out and said, no, the place is darn haunted. You might not want to go in there. Well, guess what? I'm, I'm not going to go in there. So anyways, it's said to be a pretty well-known haunted cemetery. Now, she actually took video of this place while she was there. I don't know if she actually captured anything, but um, apparently there were some things on her video because she tried to forward the video like to her manager or something like that. One of her friends, she tried to forward this video, but it wouldn't let her. It said that the video, that the file was too big and all this other stuff. So she just kept it and it was on her phone, okay? So later, I don't know how much later, I don't know if it was that same evening or whatever, but later it has been said that she started experiencing a lot of negative activity in her house. And it was activity that she herself said was demonic. She said, I'm experiencing demonic activity in my house. Um, it's probably because when I went to that cemetery and so on and so on. And then she went ahead and that's when she recanted the story about she tried to send the video to her, whoever it was, and it wouldn't let her and so on. So what she did was she called one of her friends. I, I guess she was alone in her house to top it off, okay? So she tries to call one of her friends and tells her friend, I'm experiencing all this weirdness and um, I think something followed me back here from the cemetery and now I'm scared and I can't sleep. So her and her friend decided, okay, we'll just be here on the phone until we just go to sleep. You know, I'll talk you through the night. You go to sleep. I'll go to sleep and so on. So that's what they did. So she goes to sleep and she has her phone right there and she wakes up and then she reports everything is fine. Everything is back to normal and demon free. Okay. Well, everything may have been fine and uh, back to normal as she saw it, but that whatever it is, is still there. It didn't just leave and say, okay, well, you spoke to your friend all night, you went to sleep, so I'm leaving now. No, that thing, whatever, is still there. Now, I don't even know if this person still lives in this same house, but um, that thing now has a legal right to be there. It's not leaving. It has time. It can go into hibernation for, I mean, no telling how long. These things are ancient. They're not in a hurry. So it is not gone. I don't know if um, 
because I don't know how long ago this actually happened. So once again, I don't know if she's still living in that same place. Um, I don't know if she has been experiencing anything. And I'm going to go a little bit further with this, guys, because even, you know, people were always looking for more blatant type of uh, things, okay? Or people think, oh, there's nothing wrong. Um, it's gone. It really is gone. It left and so on. But even things like insomnia, okay? Even things like that are a sign that something is still there. Now, I'm not saying that just because you can't go to sleep at night, whatever, that that means uh, that there's something in your house. No, but I'm talking about where it wasn't before. And I'm not talking about just maybe once every couple of weeks. No, I'm talking about a constant, a constant state of insomnia. A change of mood even. Maybe certain people become more like kind of uh, hopeless. Maybe people will start becoming a little more like withdrawn. Even things like that. But yeah, insomnia. So I don't know. If anything, and a lot of the things that happen are very subtle. They're things that we wouldn't even think. So I, uh, once again, I don't know. But I'm unless she's had this thing extracted, it's still there. And the other thing, because it was on her phone, okay, so that's how it actually entered into her space because she had it on her phone. She kept it on her phone. She didn't get rid of it. She didn't delete it. She tried to share it. She couldn't. And um, yeah, so that's a way of entering, okay, into your space. And then you're bringing it in with you. So... Yes, I know that there are many people who they go um, hunting and they research and they have these things on their phones and they take them just like on their laptops. They'll put the video, download the video onto their laptops and what have you, and then they'll bring it in and then they'll do research and so on and so on. Well, these people also know that they have got to clear their areas. They know this. People who are really involved in research and doing things like this also know how to protect themselves and how to um, do certain things to avoid this type of thing from happening. So that, once again, you know, we're talking about dabblers. Once again, many people don't realize that there are things that have to be put in place, protections that have to be put in place just to even maybe go out somewhere and look at something, video it. You're going to research it. I get it. You're not performing anything. You are doing research. You're reading. You're trying to get to the answers. There are still protections that have to be put in place. All right. Okay. Okay. 
Well, um, that's pretty much all that I've got for today. I'm going to try to be back on Wednesday and bring some more, a variety of things, okay, on our walk. Now, once again, I don't know where I'm going to go after February is over with this broadcast. I don't know where I'm going to go. So if you want to continue joining me, continue walking with me and searching, just take my contact information down in case you can't find me and you want to, you will be able to. You can always find me, maybe underscore Maria at Outlook.com. I would like to keep our group together as much as possible, okay? Because um, there's a lot more th- stuff that's coming up and um, a lot of it isn't so much um, creepy, but there are, I mean, there, of course, is some of that, but there are a lot more that's going to start uh, surfacing as we get in mid-2024 that we also have to be aware of. And some of the things are actually starting right now. They're beginning right now. We don't hear about many of these things. And when we do hear about them on alternative media and things like this, we still have to be careful. My whole thing is we have to look at more than one outlet for these things. I always look at three. I look for three that are, um, that are trusted, that are worthy, and see if those outlets and those people are saying the same thing. Okay. But I'll try to be back on Wednesday and then we'll get into some more stuff, including I'm going to try to get into something about John Lennon. Okay. Um, let's see if I have enough time to look at that, read about that. And then I'm going to, um, I really want to talk about this though, guys. Okay. So I'm going to try for that for Wednesday. Thank you once again for joining me. Everybody, while it's cloudy and supposed to rain here, um, in our kingdom of California. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Ciao.